On today's episode, we've got a couple sellers who are now virtual best friends who are each grossing around a million dollars a year on Amazon. But their story is super inspiring as just a few years ago, back in Nigeria, they're making in one month what they now make in one day. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I'm your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed, organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon world. And we've got a couple serious sellers. But before I get to them really quick, I wanted to give a few shout-outs for some people who have been you know, tagging us in social media about where they listen to the podcast. So remember, guys, if you want to like tag us in uh, Instagram, uh, tag Helium 10 Software on Instagram and myself, H10 Bradley, of where you're listening to the podcast. So we've got uh, Dorothy, who listens on YouTube, Kenneth on YouTube. We've got Ishtar. We've got Sasa from Germany. Shout out to you. Connor from Ireland. We've got a real Kiwakari. I love how some people, they only have their names on her. I think that's Carl, actually. We've got Savio, listens to us from India. We've got Mohammed from Indonesia. Abderhamain from Morocco. And last but not least, Mario from Guatemala. So thank you guys all for giving us shout outs. And if you guys want to do that for us, just make sure to tag us on Helium 10 Software or H10 Bradley on Instagram. Anyways, we've got two serious sellers on here who I believe are virtual best friends now, from what I understand. Sharon and Elizabeth, how's it going? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Bradley. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, me too. <laughs> All right. So I got, I got to figure I got to look at my screen here to figure out who's talking. I think that was Sharon first and then Elizabeth, right? Yes. Correct. <laughs> All right. There we go. That's, that's what happens when we don't have video. Sometimes I, I don't know who's talking here, but anyways, uh, we always start out, uh, when we have interviews on, on learning your kind of like backstory of how you got to where you are now. And then we start pretty early on. So Sharon, first of all, where were you born and raised? I was born in Nigeria. I was raised partially. Let's say I was raised in Nigeria. I had my first degree in Nigeria, and then I moved over to the U.S. in 2010. Okay, so your childhood was pretty much uh, in Nigeria. Correct. All right, now growing up there in Nigeria, what was your ambition? Like when you were 8 years old, 10 years old, like what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, when I was 8 to 10, I wanted to be a doctor because that's what my daddy wanted me to be. All right. Good, good. That's a, that's a good, that's a good goal to have when you're younger. Now, Elizabeth, same question to you. Where were you born and raised? Um, I was also born in Nigeria, raised in Nigeria. I came to the, um, to the United States in 2016. Okay. Um, and did you also want to be a doctor growing up or what, what did you no. think your life would turn out to be? Um, I actually wanted to be a pilot. <laughs> okay. I like it. Were you a Top Gun fan when you were little or what, what, what caused that? I was just fascinated by, you know, the technology behind um, planes and stuff. But I ended up um, studying accounting um, in mm -hmm. Nigeria. So I had my first degree as an accountant in Nigeria. I worked in Nigeria for a little bit before I moved um, to the United States. Um, okay, so like your degree was in accounting, you worked in that a little, uh, a little bit. Sharon, what about you? Did did you get a college degree, and what was yes. your first kind of like full time? I job? have actually two bachelor's degrees. My first degree was in agriculture, so I have a bachelor's in agriculture from Nigeria, and then I came to the U.S. and I had 
my second bachelor's degree in nursing, bachelor's of science in nursing. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. So, all right. So that brings us, you know, somewhat towards the, uh, you know, the, the, the decade here of 2010 to, to 2020. So mm -hmm. at what, who was the first between you two at, um, getting into e-commerce? I would say me because Amazon was not my first rodeo. Okay. What was your first rodeo then, Sharon? My first rodeo was in Nigeria when I was in college. I would do something like we do like private label here, but it's not exactly private label. I traveled to Lagos. A lot of people know Lagos, like one of the big cities in Nigeria. And I'll make products and I go back and sell it in my college where I was in school. And I just started doing stuff like that. So I've been selling for a while. After that, I had a friend that worked as a air hostess. And oh, hold on really quick. What, what was, what was one of your products that you would do that you, it was kind of like a private label and you would sell in your college. I'm just trying to visualize it. Here. Pants. Pants. Yes, so did you design your own pants or what? Yeah. I would, it's funny. I would go to the market and I just buy the material as the fabric and get the tailors right there inside of the market. And they'll make those pants. I'll buy the labels. I'll buy everything right there. I'll put it, go home, come back in four days. They'll be ready. And I'll pick it up and just take them back with me to school. I love it. Entrepreneurial mindset early on. And then, yes. and then you came to America and then is that when you were working uh, as a nurse? Um, I did some more entrepreneurial stuff. And then when I came to the U S that was when I went back to school and I became a nurse. So in okay. 2012, I sold my nursing books, my nursing school books. When I graduated, I sold those on Amazon, uh -huh. but I didn't know that I could make a business out of it. I just, Focused on being a nurse. I yeah. worked in the hospital and just taking care of my patients until now. Okay. Now, now between you two, who is the first to actually start selling on Amazon outside of just, oh, I'm going to resell my, my textbooks, et cetera? I, I well, don't know. <laughs> I would think Sharon, but um, I, I believe I started um, in March. Uh, well, I opened my Amazon account in March of 2018. Okay, um, that but I didn't until June. I started okay. in 2017. And how about you, Sharon? 2017. All right. Yes. What I led each of you to to like discover? I mean, wh what made you realize that hey, Amazon is more than just selling textbooks? Like, wh what was your introduction to to the to selling as a third party seller? Elizabeth, you want to go first? Okay. So, um, when I moved to the states um, in 2016. Um, we moved to Chicago because um, that's where my husband was working and stuff. And then it took me like a year to get all my necessary paperwork to um, to work in in America and for me to get my degree um, switched over to the standards here. Um, so I looked for a job for almost a year. It was quite hectic just coming from a different country, you know, trying to use your um, degree from a different country can least be um, challenging. Um, at that point, I was able to get uh, a job as a treasury analyst in one insurance company in Chicago. Um, and I started working there for a couple of months. And one day um, we came to Vegas and I just, I think it was in November. Yeah. November in 2017, we came to Vegas for vacation. And I was like, wow, 
Vegas weather is somewhat similar to that of Nigeria. You know, it's warm, uh-huh. I don't like the cold. You know, I was just tired of the cold. And then I told my husband, joking, I was like, you know what? We should start looking for jobs in Vegas. Should in case you get a job, you know, that would be great. I'm willing to move and stuff. Um, and then boom, in 2018, um, I think uh, that was in February 2018, um, he got a job and we moved to Vegas, right? And then I thought, oh, since I already started working in Chicago, you know, I already started having experience over here in America. It was going to be easy for me to get a job over here. But I was just kidding <laughs> with myself. But anyways, <laughs> um, I looked for a job for like two months and it wasn't forthcoming as I would like. And then one day my husband just got back from work and he was like, you know what, Elizabeth, um, why don't you try e-commerce? You know, try Amazon or eBay or what, you know, either of these platforms. I was like, so where am I going to start from? So he was like, yeah, just go on Google and search. You know, Google always have an answer. And then I went on Google. Um, I searched around and then I watched a bunch of YouTube videos. Um, I watched some of the um, courses on, I think I signed up for the free version of Helium 10. I can't really remember. Uh-huh. And I watched a couple of the videos. I was like, you know what? I could do this, you know. Okay. Well, what's uh, just real quick, just, just to get an idea of how far you've come, you know, from there then in 2018 or whenever that was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're, we're here at the end of, of, uh, 2020. What is your rough gross sales going to end up being for this year? Um, well, I have about two main brands. Oh, well, because of the COVID it's close to $900,000. All right. So less than two years, mm-hmm. almost $1 million. Uh, and you started selling some phone cases. Yeah. Or only. All right. Good. How about you, Sharon? What, what was, you know, you obviously, as you said, even going back to your days in Nigeria, where we're kind of had that entrepreneurial mindset, but how did you actually start selling on Amazon as a third party seller? Okay. So my husband is a wedding videographer, right? And we were in the wedding videographer's Facebook group and somebody, his name is Steven. He just posted, he's a wedding videographer. And usually if you do wedding videos, when you're exporting your videos, your computer is pretty much useless to you because the yep. system is working and you have to find something else doing. And so he, this guy just posted like, hey, do you know what I do when I'm exporting? I use the time to do my Amazon business. I just made $500 in sales in the last month. I, it's interesting. I think we can scale this. Comment if you would like to know more about this. I didn't comment. I just tagged my husband to the post like, this is interesting, you know? And he sent me a private message like, hey, you commented on a post I made in the videographer's group. And I have a lot of people comment, do you want to join a private group I just made? So I'm like, okay, add me. And he added me to the group and he was doing, he was just learning it as well at that time. But everything he had learned, he would just come and do like Facebook videos. Uh-huh. Step by step. And I actually thought it was something I would just buy something from AliExpress for $100 and throw it on Amazon, but no. So I just learned a little bit step by step from there. And I went on and I did my first product. I didn't know then there was something called gating and ungating. Yeah. So the very first product I did while it was in production, I started another product, which kind of ended up being the first. And then my supposedly first product that ended up being the second product was the baby feeders and um, hey, what's that baby feeders pacifier fruit feeders oh, okay okay 
And then I did that, but I didn't know that I needed to be ungated for baby feeding category. And of course, again, that took me at least six months of product. I did a thousand units that were sitting in my house. I couldn't sell them. I just started selling them on Shopify and uh, Groupon at that time. And then I started working on the third product. This time I worked on the third product. The first batch came and it sold really fast. I was so happy, but I was naive. I thought I could improve on something I was already selling. I changed something in the second batch that I was going to order. And then the bad reviews started coming and boosh, that was a bust. But I just went on and just kept doing yet another product, yet another product. So even though technically I would say I started Amazon in 2017 when my baby was about four weeks old, uh-huh. I did not really start until 2018. And even at 2018, with all the errors and everything, I kept getting one bad luck after the other. Yeah. I would say I started at the end of 2018 was when the pieces started falling in place for me. Okay. All right. So now just again, fast forward, you know, you started, I guess, really got into it around the same time as Elizabeth, mm-hmm. uh, as Elizabeth. but then what is your gross, rough, rough estimate here on what 2020 is going to end up being for you for gross sales? Yeah, I think 2020 is right about where Elizabeth is, but more like 800. Okay. All right, a little, little friendly rivalry. How did you two meet? Like, I don't think you've met in person, but no. from what I understand is you guys are like kind of like online BFFs now. So yeah. how did that happen? It's funny. Um, Elizabeth has her name. Her first name is a Yoruba name. It's a Nigerian name. And I'm in the Helium 10 Facebook group. And I just saw somebody put a comment and I saw her name. I'm like, Folake, uh-uh, it's a Nigerian person. So Nigerians do this business. And I just... Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. So I just sent her a message like, hi, I saw that you do the Amazon business as well. I'm Nigerian. And she was like, hey, that. I was like, I didn't know a lot of any Nigerians did this business. And she was like, are you kidding me? I have at least eight Nigerian friends that we all have a messenger thread and we just bounce ideas off of each other. Do you want me to add you? I'm like, sure, add me. And then she added me to that messenger thread and the rest is history. Yeah. I love, when was this Elizabeth uh, that that Sharon uh, or that you two reached out to each other? Um, it was still in the very beginning of my journey. Yeah, we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> so, so you guys have known each other for like like two years yeah. then already. How about that? Mm-hmm. I love it. See, and it all came from the Helium Ten members Facebook group, just Correct. reaching out and, and networking mm-hmm. uh, in there. I love it. I love it. All right, let's talk about, you know, both of you are are, are very close to, to that, you know, that famed seven-figure mark. Mm-hmm. And, and you both started off not that great, you know, like with the car seats covers. And, and obviously, it's hard to make a sustainable Amazon business based on phone cases. Mm-hmm. But somehow, you know, the last two years, you guys are, are have come, you know, to, to have a measure of success on Amazon. So let's, let's just talk a little bit about the strategies that you guys used and, you know, mistakes that you made and, and wins and losses. Let's start with Elizabeth. So after the phone cases, like, how did you, how did you level up and, and, and start getting something a little bit more sustainable? Um, after the phone cases, I believe, um, I did a baby product. Yeah, that was a baby product. Um, this product was already in the market. It was doing quite a good number of sales. And then I was like, okay, so what am I going to use to kind of differentiate myself in this market? Right. 
And then I just looked at the Amazon Frequently Bought Together um, tab on, on, on Amazon. And I saw another similar product that, you know, a lot of people buy that complement that product. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I think this would be a good idea for me to put together and then sell on Amazon. So that's what I did. Um, I was able to bundle that product, package it in my in my pack in my so that was my first private label under my brand name and I started okay. selling that. Um after then I had a couple of other products that were not related to that particular baby product um that were flops. <laughs> um for instance, um I started selling a reusable straw and that straw at the time was really doing well. Um, unknown to me, it was a product that was on that was patent pending. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so I was selling a bunch of it, and boom, Amazon hit me with an IP infringement. Um, so I was like, okay, you know what? Let me go back to the drawing board and do something. You know, um, design something. For well, it. What happened? How, how much inventory did you have when 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 they suspended that listing? Um, I would say roughly two thousand ish units. Um, that you had, had 2,000 units left? 2,000, 2,000. How, how much were you selling a day at that oh, time? Oh, yeah, I was, I, was, I was moving about 80 to 100 on that product. Units a day? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so was, that must have really sucked when yeah. you got that message. <laughs> it that... was a hot seller. It was a hot seller, to be honest with you. And so then what did you do with those 2,000 units? Um, so what I ended up doing with them, um, I sent them to Canada <laughs> just because they, I, the... Um, the patent doesn't cover Canada, so I ended up sending them to Canada, and I was able to just, you know, get rid of the inventory that way. Okay. All right. So continue the story. That's interesting uh, to me. Yeah. So um, I ended up um, trying to design my product, and then it took me, because I was, you know, too particular about a lot of details, um, it ended up taking me about close to seven months to get the product to where I wanted it to be. But by the time I came on market with it, there was a bunch of other products <laughs> that were kind of similar to mine. Um, because, you know, yep. a lot of people, too, that were selling that same product that got hit with the um, IP infringement, they were faster yep. to kind of bring something similar but generic um, to the market. But I was trying to be more unique in a sense. Um, and it took me six months, but I was too late to the market. Um, and then the prices um, for that particular product I was targeting to sell for $16.99 and my competitors were selling for $6.99. My landing oh cost was about $5. And so it didn't just make any sense for me. So I I got stuck. I think I did five variation, 1,000 of each. So I got stuck with 5,000 units of that product. I still have them in Whoa. the garage. Why, why did you start with so many? Oh, because I've seen the number of sales that There's I've seen. There's other of the old one. You know, uh-huh. I based my uh-huh. sales on the old one, you know, yeah, because um, I was selling, yeah. I was selling real fast, a hundred a day, 80 a day, if you know, on a bad yeah. day. So I just, you know, based it off of, you know, what I've been selling in the past, but I was late to the market at the time. Other people had cheaper products that they were selling, but the good news about that product at the end of the day, because I designed both the straw and I did like, um, a reusable, um, covers for them. The reusable covers were very unique. So at the moment, I still sell the reusable covers separately because it makes more sense okay. profit-wise for me to just sell the covers um, rather than selling the straws itself. 
anyway. So so you have is five thousand units kind of like left over, mm-hmm. and I believe you said it was like almost landing cost five dollars. So that's like twenty five yeah. grand <laughs> worth of inventory. Yeah, and, and you just have to bring it back to your. Your garage? Oh, yeah, it's in my garage. But right now, I just um, found out how I could donate them. Um, so I'm talking to um, uh, a non-for-profit company that does this kind of stuff. They get, um, if you have excess inventory, you can reach out to them. And then they get it from you um, at cost plus um, um, f- um, 0.5%, 50%. Uh-huh. Um, and they give you a tax document for that. So that's what I'm going okay. to do eventually. Then, then let me just ask you something because you know you're very upbeat uh, right now, and and seems like a very positive attitude about that. Now, normally, somebody if that happens to somebody, mm-hmm. they they pretty much you know lose twenty five thousand dollars. You know, a lot of people might might give up or or be like just so discouraged that they're like forget Amazon. Yeah. What was it like? Obviously, that didn't happen for you. No. You know, like what was it that? Did you get close to giving up or, or or what was your mindset when this happened? Just because I've been in a lot of Facebook groups and I've seen a lot of people's numbers and I'm like, you know what, I could do this. You know, I have that, that believe in me, you know, that uh-huh. this is, you know, if I give up, then I lost, you know, yeah. um, I just, like I always say, I never see any um, failure as failure. I just see it as lessons learned. So I just have that at the back of my mind whenever I'm trying to bring something new to the market. I also put in time factor into it. I'm not just ingenuity sometimes. Sometimes a product is hot. You have to heat it while it's hot, right? Not overthink it. So that was my mistake at the time. Um, But again, it just happened to that particular situation. There are other instances whereby I've been hit with a couple of bad luck as some people would call it and then i was able to turn it around you know using the same initiative and it worked out really really well for me all right guys we're going to take a quick break from this episode for my bts remember that can mean anything you want it to mean bradley's 30 seconds or if you're a beer fan maybe it's budweiser Tecate, samuel adams behind the scenes whatever you want anyways here's my 30 second tip for the episode so Amazon quietly rolled out to some listings the ability to put more than five bullet points. So if you want, if you have a brand new listing, make sure to keep hitting add more under the bullet points in, in your edit, the description to see if you can add more. And even if you have an existing listing, go ahead and open it up and just see if you have that add more button so you can get some more bullet points there. For the Project X coffin shelf, we actually just did that right now. I just added a bullet point and I just made a message to all the Serious Sellers podcast listeners as my sixth bullet point. Let's go be- before Sharon gets too lonely over there thinking that we forgot about her. Sharon, so like, what about, take us uh, maybe after those initial things that happened with the with the baby product mm-hmm. and, and with the, the car seat covers, like what would you say your first like real success, well, your, your first big taste of success on Amazon was? Funny enough, my Amazon journey has been what I would consider slow and steady. Okay. Like I see a lot of people post about selling 1 million units a day and it's just never been for me for one reason or the other. At a point in time, because I'm a Christian, at a point in time, I was just like, I told Elizabeth as well. I said, I think I'm cursed. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I can never get a, a product to sell more than 20, 30 units a day, no matter how great I think this product is. And for a long time, I just was moving around with why, that why me and just kept pushing on. But this, L- let me ask you something really quick, yeah. Sharon. 
Um, you say you've never had a product selling more than 20 or 30 units a day. Now, let me ask you, yeah. have you ever had one of those products like attacked by black hat people where they get your listing suspended or they give you a million fake reviews or anything like that? Not, I've had a few hijackers, but not um, a serious um, total black hat attack like yeah. that. Okay, yeah. you see, and that, that I'm gonna tell people right now, that's what Kevin King teaches. You know, like, like uh, sometimes when you do the 100 and 200 and 300 unit a day products, that's when all of a sudden, like some of these other sellers who who do those black hat strategies, they, they might attack you because they're like, wow, this is a, such an amazing thing. But when you fly under the radar sometimes. That's like what 10, I know 20, now. That's what I know now. Yeah. Believe it or not, you were part of the people that God just used to some like Sharon came down. I can remember one of the podcasts of YouTube video or something that you were talking about. You were talking about something totally different and you mentioned uh -huh. something about 20% margin and like selling 10 units a day. That's great. I'm like, wait, Bradley thinks 10 units a day is great. Okay. <laughs> and honestly, I really started, then you interviewed a guy that said he had one product, but a lot of variations and he was doing $300,000 annually and you asked him yes. what his margin was and he said 20%. And I'm like, and I really calmed down after that. That was the beginning of this year. I really okay. calmed down like, wait a minute, I'm not doing bad. I'm just mm -hmm. not like doing abnormally good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And since I calmed down, I was able to get another product. I ended up doing 70 units a day. And I'm like, oh, oh wow. and Honestly speaking, looking back, I know that the product I did 70 units a day is not because I did one fantastic thing or the other. It was just timing and market. The market decided it. I did because I had two variations. And one of them was doing an average of 18 to 20 units. And the other variation was doing 60 to 80 units. Like I didn't do nothing different. So I cannot even take the glory for it. I don't know if that uh -huh. makes sense. Okay. All right. Excellent. Excellent to know. Now, Elizabeth, going going back to you, what are some of the strategies that you use to have these successful products? I mean, even the ones that were that were you know ended up being banned by Amazon or IP infringement, you still you know some of them you had gotten up to selling seventy day, eighty day. It, it didn't just happen overnight or or snap of your fingers. You must have had some kind of good launch strategy or PPC strategy or or just so just in general. What what is your strategy to get your products scaled to to such uh, kind of daily sales? Okay, so just going back to what you guys just talked about um, a couple of minutes ago about the hundred unit sales a day and then the black hats attacking you. Sharon will will understand this better because <laughs> last year my account got suspended because of one product that I was selling and I was selling a hundred and something units of that product every day. And they kept on attacking me and attacking me and attacking me until I got suspended for up to, I think it was a month before I was able to fix it. Wow. And that product. So you, your entire account was shut oh, yeah. down for a month mm -hmm. or just that product? My entire account. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was, it was, it was horrible. Um, so how, how did you get it uh, reinstated? Well, I just had to kind of give up that product and then work with Amazon, send, sending email back and forth. And, you know, I was just able to do that after a month of tons of email, emails to Amazon. So I had okay. to stop right. selling that particular product. It was uh, in the bachelorette niche. 
Uh-huh. And I was like, you know what? This product sells, right? And I know the reason why the um, competitors were able to get me reported to Amazon and then we're successfully able to kind of flag my accounts down. Why don't I just change something um, from that product, make it my own design, and also, you know, and sell it? Okay. So I started with that straw. Um, it was a straw, but it wasn't a reusable straw. It was a, it was a straw related to um to the wedding um niche, and then I okay. designed it. It was um the product was a cake topper. I I saw a lot of people selling the cake topper and it looks really good. I was like, you know what? I could make this into a straw, and so it's going to uh-huh. complement the cake toppers. You know, when they want something to match the um the theme of the party they're going for, right? And then I was like, okay, yeah. so I spoke to my supplier. I have a very good supplier. When I tell her what I have in mind, she kind of bring it to life. And sometimes she's like, Elizabeth, since I've done a lot of products that are related to this or that, instead of doing it this way, why don't we try it this way, you know? And then boom, okay. I think I made a thousand units of that product. I know I go all out with my product. Uh-huh. And um, my landing cost was about $2. And then I was selling for $14. I did not do any PPC. Um, no specific um, giveaways or launch strategy. Um, I just focus on super, super niche keywords um, that I know were converting for me before, and boom, it exploded. So then organically, from the beginning, mm-hmm. you're saying you kind of got on page one oh, yeah. for those keywords. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that, that's almost very similar to that Maldives. I don't know if you guys heard the Maldives yeah. honeymoon strategy yeah. where sometimes if you focus on some keywords and you have it in the title and, and Amazon thinks that you're very relevant, you'll get to page one even without anything on there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. sounds like that might have happened in your case. Yeah, Excellent. so that's what happened. So I, I was doing like 70, 80, 100, 100 and I think 140, something was the most I've done on that product every day. And with a product wow. of landing cost of $2 and I was selling it for $14.99, you just do the math. <laughs> uh-huh. So <laughs> I was basically the only one. So, you know, there was no way to kind of um, counter my pricing. So I was just enjoying the ride. Let's switch back to uh, Sharon now. So okay. Sharon, what is your strategy? Uh, I mean, that, that's a great strategy, what Elizabeth was talking about, but what has been the secret for your success? Like, how are you able to find these kind of consistent products that you've been doing that can do 10, 20, 30, 30 units a, a day. How, okay. What's your strategy, strategy for, for finding them? is simple. And it's funny because I'm telling you, Helium 10, Ambassador this, but this is from Helium 10. I focus on the Magnet IQ score. Interesting. Yes. So I came up with a 10-point checklist that I used. And I have a few students that I work with and I give to them as well. And then... When we focus on a magnet IQ score, so the main keyword, even if the main keyword had a search volume of 100,000 or 10,000 or 1,000, it's good, it's important, but I don't care as much as I care about the magnet IQ score because if I have 100,000 people searching for this product and 80,000 competition, it's not as good as when Mm -hmm. I have just 5,000 people searching but only 100 competition. Do you understand? So yep, yep. that and a lot of other things I do, I focus on the Magnet IQ score. And it also ties down to the Maldives. I never called it the Maldives, but I've always done something like that. I just didn't put uh-huh. it. You know, you, you know how you put your things. And that's what I've always thought. 
like when I do product launches and all that. So I am pretty good at flying under the radar and just getting these products that are consistently doing 12, 15, 18 units a day, but just is on and it's just going, you know, and Interesting. so it's not much. Then also another thing I do a lot is branding. I love branding just because of the problem I had with my very first product that I couldn't sell on Amazon and I was forced to sell on Shopify, Groupon, and I was able to enter into Walmart with that product just because of the branding. So I focus a lot of the on branding and things like that. So my products actually have not been super, super unique. I still do a lot of Me Too products, but it's just focusing on the customer service, focusing on the product research itself. That's how I've been able to do it. Going back to Elizabeth now, what's your uh, strategy for, uh, do you have anything unique for reviews? Like, or are you just pretty much using like, you know, early reviewer program and maybe sending follow-up messages or, or, or what kind of focus do you put on how you get your reviews? Well, I just try to make sure that products are of good quality just because I mostly use um, early reviewer program and then divine to get my reviews and trust me, you can't manipulate that. Whatever you put in is what you're going to get at the end of the day. So yep. I just try to make sure that I have quality products that's going to stand the test of time and they're going to, you know, give me that positive feedback. So I don't do anything really special other than early review and in combination with vine. Vine. Yes. And that's uh, for brand registered yeah. sellers. So I'm assuming you have brand registry then on your, your products that you launch. Yes, I do. Okay. Sharon, uh, what about on, on, you know, since you've been building a brand a little bit, like how much do you rely on maybe your off Amazon audience for your product launches or for marketing? Um, for, I, I do rely on them 50, 50. I, my, I'm not using my off Amazon audience as well as I should. The best time I actually used it was when Amazon gave the $10 at prime. I tried something, uh -huh. a strategy, and it worked out for me. Amazon was giving $10 to every Prime user that spends up to $10, I think, or $12. Okay. I think if you spend $12, you get $10 back in Amazon Box. Do you know about yeah. that? I, I that, was a, that was a while back. No, was no. that this year? That wasn't that was this year. Two though. months ago, Elizabeth, right? Just this what? last time. Only Okay, that's that must be a different one that I'm thinking of then. Yeah. So something like that, what I did, I saw, okay, Amazon is going to give you $10 if you spend $12. I have a good number of products that are over $12. So I did 10 plus 10 plus 10, and I sent out my, um, a broadcast to my ManyChat list. I'm like, spend $10, get $10 and 10% off. So I put my 10% uh, off on my listings. And just let them know that, hey, Amazon has chosen to partner with me. Hello. It's not just me, but they don't know that. So I'm like, <laughs> Amazon has chosen to partner with me to $10 to everybody that spends over $12 in my store. I have products for $13.99. You get 10% off. So you're still over $12. I know which one you're talking about now. That was that like third-party business uh, deal that they did a couple months ago. I know yes. exactly which one you're talking yes. about. Yeah. And that was really helpful for me. In terms of reviews and my lunches, what I do is I do a lot of Vine. Like Elizabeth said, myself and Elizabeth, 
we've had some issues with products and patents and copyright infringement. So we're super careful with when we bring a new product, we want the quality to be good because we've both had bad experiences where bad reviews just come and messes up your hard work. So we pay attention into product quality and all that. And again, like she said, we do Vine. And then I used to do early reviewer program, but when the whole Vine thing came, Vine was better. I just set it up for 30 units. I put 30 units on Vine and that usually helps as well. I advertise it on my social media. I advertise it to my audience and then some of them may buy, some may not buy. I don't know. But I think I got the most response from the 10 plus 10 plus 10. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Now, going back to Elizabeth, how has Amazon you know, change your life for, for you and your family. I mean, I'm assuming that you're not working full-time as an accountant or, or other things anymore, but, but, but what, what effect has, is, you know, selling almost a million dollars on Amazon a year? What does that mean for your family? Wow. I cannot begin to imagine. I, I, I can't put it to words in that sense. Um, just, you know, looking back, Eight years ago, when I was in Nigeria, earning about $200 a month um, for my day job, and then having to make that same amount of money in profit in a day now, is just mind-blowing. Having to be home with my baby, you know, and having to watch her grow, see all the milestones that, you know, she's um, come to have is just so, so good. Um, having that free time to go on vacation too has been awesome. So it's been good. It's been good. Yeah, we've had a lot of, you know, failures. But um, like I say, I always try to look at the positive side of every failures that I've had with my products on Amazon. But overall, it has been good. We've been going from, you know, um, breaking one milestone to the other. So I've been so, so grateful for Amazon. It, it's been awesome. I love it. I love it. Uh, Sharon, what what about you? What I mean, I'm assuming you're not a full-time nurse anymore? No, I am not. I officially stopped nursing actually just a couple of weeks back. I didn't want to start. I told my um, work that I was going to stop at the end of December, but I was forced to stop like a little bit earlier because I've just been having some health challenges and stuff like that. I had a coronavirus scare and everything, so now I have stopped. So, and that being said, I started Amazon business when my baby was four weeks old. And even though I was a nurse, a lot of people think that nurses earn good money, but it was tough. It was tough. And Amazon just getting into this business has really, really changed my mindset, has really helped me and my family. And it's just, it's just been God. Like I said, I'm a Christian and I give all glory to God every time I find the opportunity to do that. And God has just used Amazon to be a blessing to me, to be a blessing to my family. And then the knowledge I have gained along the way, the friends and the relationship I have built along the way, it's just been amazing. And I love it because like I tell my students that it's not a get rich quick scheme. So it's not like a multi-level marketing where I'm trying to get you to come in because I want to use you to go up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Amazon, there's one, if there's one thing that's constant in Amazon is that there's room for overtaking. That's the only constant mm-hmm. constant on Amazon. Every other thing can change. But if you put yep. in the work, 
with good timing and everything, you would overtake the people that come that started two years before you. Yep. Yeah. Now, Elizabeth, what's your what's your goal for twenty twenty one? My goal for twenty twenty one. I just started. Um, I just um started two new brands. Oh my gosh! I know I'm in for a lot of work, <laughs> but I'm just trying to you know trust the process, and I'm just hoping that you know everything works out well. Um, like I said in a couple of our meetings that we've had together, um. I'm looking to launch almost 12 new products by 2021. So I'm just hoping that all goes well with, you know, all the launch strategies that I've been putting together towards that time. And just for sustainability and for good health and continuous um, God's blessing. All right. Sharon, what about you? What's your 2021 goals? My 2021 goal, I love to have short-term, long-term goals and short-term accomplishments. My At 2020, I was able to um, almost double my 2019 sales. So my first goal in 2021 is to double my 2020 sales, at least double it. That's my. That's it. gonna be my short short term accomplishment. But my major goal is to get off of Amazon. Like I don't want to consider. I don't want to rely so much on Amazon like I do right now because God forbid anything happens. Oh my God, I don't want to think about it. So my, yeah. my major goal for twenty twenty one is to build my off Amazon presence. I already sell in Walmart USA. I blew my Walmart Canada um, opportunity, but I'm just going to try and get that back on and my Shopify and then um, just move some more of my products to European marketplaces. Excellent. Excellent. Now, both of you are actually also Helium 10 uh, elite members, right? Correct. So has there ever been something where maybe it was on one of Kevin King's monthly workshops or one of our quarterly workshops where that, you know, you don't have to say what it is, but that, that like was able to really, you know, upgrade your business. Like, you know, you heard one thing and that made such a big difference. Have you guys had that experience yet? Yes. For me, I've had a lot of aha moments of like, hmm, you know, I'm like, hmm, people are doing this. Why haven't I done that? You know, just for example, um, the um, Amazon live thing that people you know, <laughs> yeah. <they> just started. <laughs> I just tried it out a couple of weeks ago and the response was awesome. Although I was camera shy and I was worried about my Nigerian accent, <laughs> but um. The encouragement from the group was like, you know, I could do this. So that was, you know, something that pushed me out of my comfort zone, which I like. And there have also been a lot of nuggets that has been dropping in there that, you know, has also improved my mindset. And, you know, I'm going to implement them moving forward. My Excellent. Uh, how about you, Sharon? A a anything stick out in mind? Yeah. That, that um the most because we've not we've not been uh, that long in elite maybe two or three months now i think mm -hmm. so we don't have we've not had so many opportunities but the, like she said the one thing that i have been most grateful for it was when we had the training about the live and then i was not just ready to do it and then i forgot her name now she reached out to me and she just spoke to me personally like why would you sharing you have to do it and she just encouraged me as if that was not even good enough. 
she got another uh-huh. elite member to message me. She made a group call, a group chat for just the three of us. I'm like, Sharon is gun shy. She needs to do this. And <laughs> he encouraged me like that was not good enough. He got on the phone with me and spoke with me for about 30 minutes. I'm like, do it. Just do it. And I did it. And I was so, so glad. Now, you know, Sharon Elizabeth, I, I, I'm really thankful for both of you to be on here. Very inspiring story, uh, especially from from where you guys came and, and the kind of money you used to make and then now what you're doing now. And it's also kind of cool how you found each other, you know, you made, made like lifelong friends mm-hmm. just here in the Helium 10 members group yeah. just by, by reaching out and networking. Uh, th- th- that's kind of inspiring as well. Uh, so if anybody's shy out there kind of keeping to themselves, you know, hey, re- reach out to somebody. You never know. You might make a lifelong friend. All right. Well, uh, Sharon Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on. And we're going to reach back out to you guys maybe the end of 2021. And let's see how uh, how you were able to crush your 2021 goals. Yes. Amen. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. I look forward to telling you, Bradley, guess what? I doubled it or I tripled it. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Thank you so All right. Much. We'll talk to you guys later. Thank you for having us.